This is the Horse Radio Network. Hello, this is your producer, Jemmy, with episode number 520, a best of. The gang is out today, so we're rolling things back to May 18th, 2017, when Olympian Jessica Ransenhausen discussed the canter pirouette in detail with Reese and Philip, and they also shared a total saddle fit tip of the week about transitioning from trot to canter. Brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products and Total Saddle Fit. Listen in. This is Reese Crappler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, with our producer, Jen. Coach Jen. Why do they call me Coach Jen? Um, just, 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 just is, because I was yeah, Coach Jen is. back in the day when I had a real life and I taught for a living, so I was Coach Jen back then. <laughs> no, you did not have okay. a real life then, let's be real. There was no real life. <laughs> a lot of people. There's, real life is a relative term. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was coached Jen back in the day, so I just kept the moniker, I guess. I love you, it. Yeah, you can't you can't lose a, a nickname, I suppose, right? I don't know. And I had other and nicknames works. as a kid, but I didn't like any of those, so they're gone. I'm <laughs> <this> <laughs> yeah, you get to pick and choose Phil the ones that you, that you care well, for. Phil has nicknames. I'm sure of it. Yeah, but they're oh, probably yeah. not suitable for use on air, are that's, they? That's uh, what I'm suitable. thinking. Yeah, that's the difference. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, Phil. We are recording a little early because I think you are going to be at your first horse show of the week. I'm traveling of the so month. to our first horse show. It's going to be in Ottawa, our capital. And so I will be, you know, five, five, six hours away from home and busy coaching. I'm not actually riding in this first show. My first rides, actually, we're just entering the, uh, the horse I'm going to ride. And so uh, the first weekend of June is that when I get in the saddle and I strut my stuff. But uh, it. you know, I gotta I gotta be coaching, gotta put that hat on, and uh, you know, run from ring to ring and and have Coach some fun Bell. in that way. So it'll be good. Yes, exactly. I love it. Well, we're glad we could we could record a little bit early to get that done, and we have quite a good show. I hope everyone really enjoyed enjoys this episode. We enjoyed um, doing an interview with Jessica Ransenhausen. She's really one of the greats of our sport. And uh, so I hope you enjoy as we get going with the canter pirouette. Well, tonight for our judges and trainer segment, I couldn't be more honored to have someone that really doesn't need an introduction. Jessica Ranshausen, she rode in the Olympic Games in uh, 1960, 1964, and 1988, and was chef to keep for our U.S. team for three Olympic Games and was an FEI judge. I judge. Jess, welcome to the program. Thank you. It's lovely to be here. Well, we are so honored to have you, and we gave you uh, the, we gave you a hard topic uh, <laughs> that we were all we were all ready for for your for your attention and and the canter pirouettes. They mm-hmm. come in at the beginning. We start seeing them at fourth level. So, from the trainer's perspective, what are kind of some things that you say? Okay, this horse and rider are ready to start canter pirouettes. Um, let's start from there. Okay. Well, from a trainer's point of view, I would say that it is very important that we do our preliminary work. And our preliminary work for pirouettes and half pirouettes are the ultra canter uh, segments of each ride in which you'd get the rider on the circle, nice big circle, and ask that person to show some five or six steps of more and more collected canter in which the horse stays active, 
but slows the body down and is able to stay nice and round through the bridle. So those steps we want to see first. And after that, and the horse does it in both directions, we take that particular uh, idea and we do it on the diagonal. And as the horse approaches X, you have the rider collecting up and collecting up, sitting straight, using the body, making making the rider ride a little against the forward motion of the canter stride, holding the horse's body through the nice pressure of the knees, keeping your elbows bent and not being terribly hard on the horse's mouth because you want the horse to be able to do this sort of in his own way, in other words, staying active with his legs and slowing his body down, but being relaxed enough so you can feel the nice striding through your seat. So you do that on the, on the diagonal line, and then after that, I have the rider do the same thing, but with a little inner bend. In other words, you use a bend um, for the way that you're going to make the half pirouette. So um, you do that, and then after that is a success, and the horse understands that he stays more on the place, canters nicely and keeps the activity through his legs, but makes his body slow down and keeping the nice soft connection with the rider through the you know contact of the bridle. And then you start with a turn. So as you're turning, you want to tell the, the rider to try to follow the turn. So you're following the turn of that horse as he's beginning to bend and turn. The rider's body is slightly turning with the horse, keeping the eyes up and riding that nice um, impulsion but making it a little bigger because in fourth level, from a judge's point of view, you can make it a little bit larger than you would if you did a pre-St. George. So that's what I talk about. Super. Okay, so just in thinking of my own horses and my own training and things, I think, you know, what you said about being able to create that uh, super collected canter is the most important. Um, and thinking, okay, we've got we've got maybe a horse that likes to kind of pull through the bridle when you do that what 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 are exercises and ways you can better prepare the horse and get the horse to make that collection thinking of a horse that just wants to barge through you and 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 not care that you're trying to collect well we might go back to doing some downward transitions where you're taking your canter and you're having a collected canter but not an ultra collected canter but a collected canter and then you bring the horse to the walk and you are very careful to make sure that the downward transition, the horse stays into the bridle. But that's a moment that you can make a very small circle, bending to the inside if the horse is difficult in the bend or is kind of running through the bridle, and you make a very small circle with a bend, and then you go straight ahead again and pick up the canter and then do that again. And I have found that in many cases, those horses then begin to wait a little bit more. And maybe you have other ideas about that, and you could tell us what you think. No, I would do that exact same. I was, I was hoping you were going to say that because that's, <laughs> that's what I do. It's just, you know, it's, life You've is all about transitions, that, right? right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, it's funny because so often when you are a trainer, you're thinking back to what, what you feel. Like if I watch you, I would say, okay, this is what I think it feels like. 
Mm-hmm. And that then helps me to say to you, well, try this or just separate your hands a little bit and give and take a little bit on the outside rain and see if that helps as you make your collection. And, you know, it's because you're thinking, I know what that feels like. Right? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so Jess, as you start to go up the levels and we start talking about more of the FEI levels, what are some things that you're looking or thinking as a trainer? Like, okay, I'm ready to start, you know, the, the full pirouettes for the intermediate one. What are some things that you want, you know, obviously to have, have had good half pirouettes, but when do you start to say, okay, I can, I can be brave and, and do a little bit more? Okay, so in the fourth level, you're thinking that the, pirou- the half pirouette can be a little bigger, okay? So that's fine. What you're thinking the minute you get to pre-St. George and what the judge is going to be demanding is that the horse stays more on the place. Here are two points. Well, we'll talk about that from the judge's point of view, but the, the trainer wants to see that you can come out on the diagonal line in a good straight line and that as you're going to start your half pirouette, your body is saying, stay here, stay here, as your legs are saying, keep the activity and you're beginning to turn, and then you keep the turn, bending on the inner rein, and halfway through the the half pirouette into the full pirouette, you would maybe give a little bit on the outside rein so that the horse can keep the bend on the inner rein, and your body is continuing to come more to the inner side so that you can complete your turn. Then it's very important that the rider look up and be sure that you're riding out of your pirouette or out of your half pirouette on the same diagonal line that you rode into it so that you're not varying your line. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense to you guys? Yes. Yeah. So I, very I think hard. for me, you know, I always try and tell people that to have a stride, a half halt stride coming into the pirouette and then also yep. having a half halt stride coming out of it because so often I think we see... Um, horses almost be done the the half pirouette and then just run out of it, yeah. right? Or kind yeah, of right. over rotate, you know, because they've right. been pushed around a little bit too far. That you know, I like to ride a stride before I exit the pirouette, not a turning stride, but just finish the turn, canter, and then right. I I always feel like I have a little bit more control there, you know, when I yeah. have when I do that situation. You see, and what you're doing, I can hear it in your voice, and what you're doing is that you're keeping your eyes up. So that as you're coming to the end of your pirouette or your half pirouette, you are riding a tiny bit forward to the line so that you're not overturning and you're not just dying before you get there. So your eyes are telling you, how close am I to that diagonal line that I want to ride out? And that's where you're riding with your eyes. Your body is allowing that to happen. That makes total so, sense because it's yeah, easy I mean, to come in and want to throw your eyes down yeah. and, then right. you have and no, watch the head and watch the legs mm-hmm. and watch the hind leg, you know, yep, you see yep. that a lot. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I'm thinking a little bit of a different situation of another kind of horse that likes to overbend that pirouette and put the nose down and towards the inside shoulder and sort of lose the uphill balance and the contact. What do we do with a horse uh, with that? Well, now also think, think about that to begin with. When you are, because that's so important what you just said, and think about how important it is to have the proper canter stride uphill enough 
so that as you come around the corner and you're starting on the diagonal, you don't have a change in the horse's frame or the balance. Now, think about how important it is when you go back and you're doing on your circle, you're doing your um, ultra canter collections. And that's where you say, see, all of this has to be of a regular, regular striding. And that's where you try to make this happen early before you even start your pirouette turns. So give me your, your indication from there or your, your thoughts. Yeah, I think, I think it's good. I think, you know, um, often what I see is a rider that will, you know, be within and, and have a good half pirouette, but then now we're turning it into a full pirouette or, or, you know, even in within sort of a working pirouette idea where we're coming around a couple of times where the rider continues to pull on the inside rein because they think more, bend, you know, more bend equals better. Right. 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 And then You're we right. see a horse that sort of, you know, falls a little bit loses. towards the outside shoulder and yes, you lose the regularity the of the canter. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're so right. I just wanted you're to, right. you know, have a, have a, yep. you know, watch out yep. for this problem situation. You know, right. And remember the body of the rider at this point is very important. And for the rider to feel that he rides the, the short stride that you have to have for the pirouette and also for the half pirouette, you continue that short stride. Your eyes are looking in the direction you're going. So your body is slightly coming around the last part of that turn. And you're still feeling that you're riding with a nice short stride through your seat, an uphill frame. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's just, you keep it saying it, which is so good because it, it, Jessica and I just worked on this today when, in my lesson is, you know, you think about you, you have it, but then you go back and just do the very basic, I'm going to collect you on a circle or I'm going to bring you really far back. And a lot of times, if you're really being technical about that, you can figure out, I'm going to have this issue as I start to turn it. And uh-huh. I think just yeah. going back yeah, and just be, saying, you can start to predict the issues. Right. Yeah, and so yeah. you, that's when you fix it and, and you're not necessarily fixing it in the turn because that's it should, it should have already been fixed, if that makes sense. You should be able right. to sort of do it right. on that very basic side. So it doesn't matter if you're doing a half pirouette or you're doing a full pirouette or when you're a really big kid and you're doing a Grand Prix freestyle um, and you decide yeah. to do one, one and a half or two, yep. you know, that that issue will or should have already been solved in the very basic side of it right and so that's where it gets tricky you know you can feel oh you're going to come in and then the horse is going to not be as active behind or they're going to get too under or or whatever's going to happen you can sort of if once you get really good about doing it on the place uh your canner back and and that's where you start to really get technical and and can try to fix it before you you get into you know on the line yeah Yeah. into a problem Yeah, and then the other thing is watch the rider because when the horse starts to fall and get overbent and starts to lose its balance down on the forehand, watch what the rider is doing or pay attention to what the rider is not doing. And that's where the rider's back has got to be firm. And that's where we all have to work on our core strength. Because it's that core strength that helps to keep the horse riding uphill 
all the way around the turn. Yeah, I mean, a couple of things that I had to learn to do, uh, you know, when I started learning to ride canter pirouettes, is that I had to look around with my eyes, but to mm-hmm. keep my outside shoulder back. Because very mm-hmm. easily we look around with our eyes and now the shoulders are overturning and mm-hmm. now the outside shoulder is dropping forward. forward. Yeah, falling, falling forward, forward, right? And then, <laughs> yeah, I, we don't want to see the rider rocking with the shoulders back and forth, yeah. back and forth yeah. with every yeah. stride. And you can get into that because the canter, the horses sort of, you know, and, and horses with very talented canter can canter on the spot and you can sort of feel the, the hind leg sit, then the shoulder raise, then the hind leg sit, and the shoulder raise. And then easily, if you don't have a good core stability to keep your shoulders back, now all of a sudden you're rocking back and forward with the right. horse. And right. then the horse lands on the front end and will never rock back again because you're both kind of over the ears sort of situation. Yeah. So, right. yeah, I mean, you have to keep your hip really loose that you really ride the canter you know, through your core and through your hip mm-hmm. that that moves mm-hmm. and the shoulders stay back and balanced and not, and, and, and fairly square because mm-hmm. if you get mm-hmm. way too much rotation, you're out of balance and now you're done. And then the other thing to think about, what do you see? And I've seen this quite a bit. The rider becomes a little concerned about having to do a full pirouette and they start to raise the hands. And as the hands come up, the horse will begin to brace in the neck and the jaw and so forth through that movement alone. And that's where it's really important that the rider not have to do that. Mm-hmm. This really right. sounds like a tricky move, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All these things not to do, right? It is pretty, it is, it is a hard one. It is a hard one for sure. (laughs) Well, well, on that note, let us take a quick commercial break and we're going to come back and, and we'll change our hats to the judge's perspective. Okay. She had waited all her life for this moment, dreaming about it since she was 10 years old. The trailer ramp touched the ground. He whinnied as she backed him out, swinging his head around to get a good look at his new home. His coat gleamed in the sun. Her love had arrived. She was breathless. He was beautiful. She could hardly wait to tack him up and start off on what she was sure would be the best times of her life. This love story is brought to you by Contribute, providing essential omega-3 fatty acids that help maintain low inflammation levels throughout your horse's body. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Call 859-873-2974 or visit kppusa.com to order today. Well, we are so happy Jessica stuck stuck around with us to uh, do the judge's perspective on canter pirouettes. We just did the trainer's perspective and and ended on what a difficult movement this is. So, Jessica, can you start talking about from the judge's perspective? This is is a hard one as well. So, um, Well, the judge's perspective, yeah, the judge's perspective actually is fairly clear as far as um, one, we want to see the rider coming off, as we talked about before, coming off onto the diagonal line before the half pirouette, let's say, in the fourth level. We want to see that horse balanced and properly coming around the turn without falling or getting on the forehand or getting too low in the neck and the head, and then coming around a nice uphill canter and then coming to toward X, let's say, 
and we're going to make the half pirouette, and you want to see the horse slightly bent to the direction in which he's going to make the turn. And then you want to see <clears throat> that the ultra canter becomes nice, active, short-strided, and then the horse turns nicely, and that the first two or three strides can be a little bit longer, a little bit farther from the diagonal line than in the pre-St. George or later for the full pirouette. So you can make your pirouette a tiny bit bigger in the fourth level and not get into trouble, provided that the horse canters nicely around the turn, stays in a good uphill frame, and is good to the bend. So um, then you want to make sure that the rider returns to the letter that he's come from, M or H or F or whatever, and that the rider comes back onto the same diagonal line that he started out on. Because I have seen too many people who drift left, like say, we're coming from K, and we're going to make the half pirouette before X. And the rider comes onto a line that is really not from K over to M, but is sort of from K to X and sort of to the left, and then makes a half pirouette and then comes back on the line that is from K to M. So I don't go for that as a judge. That really irritates me. (laughs) So I want to say that, you know, getting your full scores is important, and one of them is to get on the diagonal line, make your turn, and return on the same diagonal line. No no cheating there. It's pretty obvious if if you don't make that line so what happens you know is it it, obviously that's going to impact the score how heavily does it does it take you from well i would take a point off and i would mark it i would say i would say to the you know as a as an explanation i would say stay on the same diagonal don't Mm -hmm. change your diagonal to some other line and then on the back where it has the rider the influence of the aids i'd say come on be more direct and be more correct you would get the dreaded circle and underline as well for that. Right. That's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what you don't want for the canter pirouettes because they're expensive. I mean, they're, they're, they're a difficult movement yeah. and yeah. they're a double score. So you really That's need right. to pay attention here on, on these because they get. And what they get, it is, yeah, and Reese, what you know is that it is practice. It's yeah. practice to make sure that it all works nicely. And it can be done. Come on. We see it all the time. So uh, the other question I had is, uh, let's talk about the number of steps, because the judges will be counting yeah. your number of steps. Right, right. So, uh, so the difference between like... fourth level, pre-St. George, Grand Prix. So in the fourth level, I would say that if you have five steps coming around, it's probably okay. Pre-St. George, I'd like to see more toward the four. Then that's for what half pirouette, think? just to be clear. Yeah. That's just for half pirouette. Yeah, that's yeah. for half pirouette. Yeah, I mean, it has to be from the time the horse is bent and starts to turn, not that you're doing it before when he starts to collect. Right. You're not counting right. it from the time he's collecting. You're yeah, it's the first time. turn step to the yeah, last the first turn step. step to the last, yeah. Turn, right. and, and it says that in the fourth level. It's very specific on that, that it tells you that you can be larger, which is the difference yeah, between... three meters. It's a lot, They allow a three-meter pirouette in four, three. Right, yeah, yeah. Not circle. Everybody, not, not circle. circle. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not I've been teaching this recently too. Believe me. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And then, so a Grand Prix, a full pirouette is is how many steps then? Well, you so, see a lot of them six. If you can make eight, you're going to get a nine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Does that make yeah. it clear? Yes. Yeah, of course. Six, yes, and, and in the Grand Prix, there's really no hiding because you do it on the center line in front of the judge at sea. So there's <laughs> no messing around because no they can. Around. You're not going to take any other line. You're going to be on the center line, please. <laughs> you're going to hate yourself. Um, yes. No, and, and it's true because then you can really see, obviously, the number of steps and how far you go and do you go to the side or, or how it yes. goes because you come off the diagonal and go on the center line for the Grand Prix. So it's very yes. obvious on right. on what you're doing there. Um, so, so, yeah, is there any other common faults we see in the ring from a judge's perspective that we want to clear up and correct? Well, the only thing that I think is difficult is what you sort of brought up before, and that is what happens when the horse comes halfway through the pirouette, especially, you know, sort of in the Grand Prix level or uh, intermediate two or whatever. Uh, you come and you see the horse starting out into the pirouette quite nicely, and then the horse loses balance or gets very lazy behind or whatever. And those, I think, are things that <clears throat> need to be attended to first, before, early enough in the training, so that when the horse is ready to go down the center line and actually do the test, you're not having big uh, gaps in the horse's ability to make the full turn. Yeah, that makes that so makes do sense. Do the homework. Do, do the, the homework. homework. <laughs> yeah. Do yeah. the homework and. and plan for right. being able to to handle that uh because that does that does happen <laughs> yeah, and you've yeah. got to make make sure that you you have that planned and, and are ready for that in training so right and yeah. you know you have to think of another thing too and that is when you have the the pirouettes on the center line and you're doing and you're starting your ultra collection you have to make sure that you practice that enough because why shouldn't the horse then say oh ultra collect you want to halt we're coming up to S. Yeah. Don't you mm -hmm. think we want to halt now? Mm -hmm. And you're saying, no, I don't want no. to halt. <laughs> no, please. <laughs> yeah, please. Yeah. You know, yeah. so that's something that you've got to really practice enough so the horse is understanding that you're you're going to do a pirouette and it's not going to be a halt. Yeah, that makes total sense. And that's the same, you know, as you're going in also later when you go into the Grand Prix and you're doing the Piaf, that's also at X. So, oh, you yeah. know, and trained yep. and trained, you go down the center line and halt, and you sort of get up in that level. Oh, no, you don't. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, of course, horses are thinking that. They've been trained to yep. do that, so it yep. changes yep. that. So That's true. true. Well, Jessica, thank you so much for your time tonight. This was such a wonderful discussion. And, oh, uh, hey, it's so much fun. It's really great, and I'm so glad you called. <laughs> well, have a great night. This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief girth at totalsaddlefit.com. For, for our Total Saddle Fit tip of the week, Coach Jen has a question for us, Phil, right? I guess. I mean, that's what she said. I'm sort of like, oh, I'm going to try crossed. and figure out know. what it's going to be this week. <laughs> oh, it's no. Jeopardy for Phil spot. Oh, Drum my roll. gosh. I know. We're all on the spot. Okay, Coach Jen, what do you... What do you need from Phil and I? What do I need from Phil and you? For Cantor departs. 
as one moves up through the levels. Um, obviously, you start out doing canter, for a trot to canter transition, and then yeah. you eventually move to walk to canter transition. Mm-hmm. And yes. it is very common in this day and age for horses to have second careers and do dressage as their second career. Mm-hmm. In other disciplines, trot to canter transitions never happen, at least at the show ring, at the competition level. Um, when you're a show hunter, you never do trot to canter. You do walk to canter, right? right? When you're a show yeah, hunter. Yeah. Right. Um, yep. Western discipline's the same when you're, you do walk to lope. So if you have a horse that is accustomed to doing walk to canter or walk to lope, and he's going to start doing walk to canter perhaps if he's doing English dressage or Western dressage, how do you help that horse transition to trot to canter because he's going to be doing lower levels? Mm-hmm. See, this is backwards. Mm-hmm. This is going to be, this is tough because I'm yeah. going, wait a minute, There's my a entire bit, life I've trained retrain, the other direction. It's a retrain pro- yeah. project. Yeah. Yeah, it's a retrain for sure. Um, well, I, I can I can tackle this one first of all yeah, if you want ahead. because I actually was working on this today with one of my riders. So, Jen, this is a transition that will show up a very, well, all the time. It's a very important transition, trot, canter, canter, trot. Um, so it's one of those things that a lot of people will gloss over, but it's one of those things in my training programs, I try to do every day, canter, trot, trot, canter, and it doesn't matter what level the horse is. It may be a Grand Prix horse, but it is going to do some trot, canter transitions and, um, canter, trot transitions. So from a retrain perspective, you know, one of the things that I really like to do with the, with my horses that are retraining and, and I train a lot of thoroughbreds off the track. So they want to just canter all the time at very fast paces. So <laughs> you really work on sort of the suppling part of the transition and the yielding part. Uh, so we may be on a circle line and I may have someone kind of spiral the circle in and do a gentle like yield out. And once they reach the wall, a transition to canter. Uh, I think that that in using the wall for help, I think as you're retraining a horse, the, the hardest time to canter is sort of when you come off the wall to the open part of the arena. Cause that's, there's no definition of the arena or definition of the lead. So myself, I like to come from sort of a spiral to a leg yield to a canter or a little bit of a yield, not even a leg yield at that point, a little bit of a yield uh, to the outside rein and pick up the canter as I, off a 20 meter circle as I approach the wall again. So I like those two specific exercises for that. Um, and, and it does take sometimes a little bit of practice. I will say that, especially as a retrain or if you have a thoroughbred off the track, uh, those are important little, uh, important aids there for the horse's career. Bill, how about you? Yeah, uh, the exact same thing. Uh, you know, there's not much different you can do because it's, you know, it's early on in the horse's training, so it should be very basic and simple way of doing it in the horse's retraining. Um, I think it's important for people to remember that whether it's uh, trot to canter or walk to canter, it always has to be in shoulder in so that, you know, the shoulder in gives the horse a lead. Everybody thinks that, the you know, it's your positioning of the legs that gives a lead, but, you know, that's a it's it's not really, you know, it's it's the balance of the horse and then they can pick up the correct lead. Uh, you know, like you said, you do it on a curved line, 
Um, you know, when I'm teaching leads, I like to do it on a figure eight. That's what tells me whether the horse really has the, has the idea, you know, to, to circle, canter off one lead and then trot, change the circle into uh, the other side and then pick up the other lead. You know, I do that quite a bit. Um, and it's a super, you know, super suppling exercise. And like Arisa, you alluded to, um, Maybe it's not trot to canter in the in the Grand Prix. It's uh, passage to canter, but it's essentially the same thing. So, you know, the tests are kind of tricky that way in that, you know, something will go away for a little while and then it'll come back and yep. haunt you if you didn't really have the basics correct. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, that that's where that... That will come back and it will haunt you. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> it sounds like the voice of experience <laughs> to me. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Not that I've had that happen ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Ever. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, the idea that hey, I'm never going to show Grand Prix and this horse is not a Grand Prix horse, you know, we always train every horse with those things in mind um, because it's just trainability, rideability, suppleness, you know, all the things that we want to achieve, um, you know, whether it's a horse in a dressage career or not, they're just good qualities to have in a horse. And so, yeah, you can't say, oh, well, you know, my horse walks to canter, so I should be doing second level. You know, I hear that quite a bit, like, oh, I'm changing careers or this horse has done a lot in, in the jumper ring or the hunter ring. So let's just, you know, you know, fly through the levels. Oh, he does a flying change. You can, no, 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 no. Right. So, you know, this is a, this is good. And it's just a great exercise in general, um, you know, to help the horses warm up or just, you know, they have to be attentive to the aids. And, and, you know, I do find that, you know, I have a St. George horse and a, and I'll go back and work on some trot canter and they just rush through the transition or they go sideways. And I'm like, Oh, you know, I've been, yep. I've been not diligent about my basics and I have to just remind myself and go back. And, and then, you know, what you find is that after you do that a little bit, then you go back and you do something more complicated and all of a sudden it works a little bit better for you. I think, especially in the, the St. George lateral exercises and the flying changes on the, you know, in the canter half passes, um, you know, if I can get them working well in a little bit of leg yield and trot canter, canter trot, that stuff all works, always works a little bit better because, um, you know, when you're thinking walk, canter, canter, walk, it, it tends to be a little bit jarring for the horse and it stops the hind leg. And then all of a sudden it's not underneath the horse enough to do a, a better flying change. So, you know, it's just these things to think about and, um, you know, all these, all the exercises that you learned from the beginning help the horses. So. Don't forget to, you know, go back and do them. Write a first level test again or, you know, test yourself mm-hmm. and see how much, you know, when, when you haven't done first level, how how good you can do it or how you might actually realize how not good you, you can do it. So it's, it's interesting. Yeah. And, and taking horses from different careers and, and you know, not just jumping through the levels, you know, uh, redoing things and, and making sure it's right. That's, that's really important. So thanks, Coach Jen, for the great question. I think that's uh, good things to think about. Very interesting stuff. I'm going to have to forward that to my my buddies who have Western pleasure horses who are taking up dressage. Love it. (laughs) This tip was brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, the shoulder relief girth that Reese and Philip both love. And here's why. The Saddle Fit solution you have been waiting for is finally here. TotalSaddleFit.com is proud to introduce the Shoulder Relief Girth. 
This strategically shaped girth actually moves the girth line of your saddle back over one inch, thereby freeing your horse's shoulders from the saddle. Traditional girths pull saddles up against a horse's shoulders and often over the top of the shoulders. The shoulder relief girth's recessed ends allow for the billets to buckle into the girth farther back to give your horse unparalleled freedom of motion. We are so certain that your saddle will fit better and your horse will be more comfortable that for a limited time we are offering a 30-day, 110% money-back guarantee. If you are not totally satisfied with your shoulder relief girth, send it back for a full refund plus 10% of the purchase price. Don't wait. Order now for the best saddle fit solution available. At TotalSaddleFit.com. Visit TotalSaddleFit.com. Well, Phil, we wish you lots of luck at your horse show next week. And everybody, as always, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com. And my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. I think the best way to find me is on Facebook or my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors for allowing us to put on a good show. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back and we'll talk to you next week. 